Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys, Connor. Hello. And Ben. Hi there. Hi. Hello. I got a criticism last time of not being energetic enough. So I what, thought what were I'd, you yawning I'd last yawned time? I last time <laughs> as an intro. Why did you start the intro whilst I was yawning, George? Come on, mate. Sort so your see, life out. I've made up for it. I've, I've come with a new energy. Great. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't promise it'll be sustained, but... Okay. Come on, out come well. on, an hour. That's all we ask for. Out <laughs> your whole week. I'll give you 15 minutes and we'll see how we go from there. Well, listen, guys, we've got a great show for you this week. Black Widow is only uh, about two months away and we have a trailer, a brand new trailer. Lots to talk about there. Also got more behind the scenes stuff dropping with uh, Batman. I, I'm just like, I'm really excited about this movie. Can't wait to be talking about that later. Question of the week. And you might also notice that we have a brand new number at the beginning of the episode. Isn't this crazy? Isn't this wild? We're actually conforming to the format of podcasts after almost three years. We, you know, it's taken us a while to figure it all out, guys. We've been bought by Disney and they forced a new <laughs> yeah. format on us. Yeah. Bear, bear with us. Bear with us. But yeah, we, we, Connor mentioned uh, at the beginning of the year we had a few changes coming through. And one of them is uh, we're going to be numbering the episodes. And we're also going to be consolidating... Um, uh, trailer time so getting rid of trailer time and just making it all about um, the overall news so Connor yeah. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit no, more about just, that it was literally about streamlining a little bit um, you know uh, kind of taking all the content that people are actually interested in um, and just kind of you know bringing it to the, the forefront Marvel news the Marvel news essentially yeah. <laughs> a little inside baseball <laughs> no for you that's all anyone cares trailers. about <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the challenge like it was always cool that we did have those quirky trailers because there's so many films that we've you know, we, we, we don't normally hear about or you don't hear about in or, yeah. or see in the mainstream news. So it's cool to have those. But for you guys at home listening, you know, all these sort of esoteric trailers where we're not really explaining the plot properly. I just always felt Very that vague. it never quite – by focusing more on the main stories, everyone's across what's yeah. going on. And of course, you know, as always, if anyone has any suggestions on how we can improve the show or if you miss trailer time or anything like that, give us a shout um, we're always open to um, very nice criticisms. Yes, very nice, please. Yeah. <laughs> we're fragile. Um, but yeah. Fantastic. Well, as we like to do before we get into all the marvel stuff, let's catch up on what everyone's been watching. I haven't watched anything this week, so Connor, why don't you jump into it? Um, yeah, of course. So uh, two series that I watched this week. Um, one of them, I'm thinking I'm like one episode off finishing, and the other one, I'm a couple episodes off finishing. Uh, the first is Rami. Um, I was recommended this by someone that I actually work with, um, specifically because uh, he's Egyptian, um, and my fiance is Egyptian, and he's like, okay, well, you have to go and, and watch this. And it's a, turned out it was an A24 produced series um, uh, about uh, a guy named Rami Youssef, um, who also produced the series. And it's basically his... Um, uh, I guess kind of experiences as being an Egyptian Muslim that was born and raised in um, in America, and it's just a uh, ten episodes. Um, I think it's streaming on Hulu, but you can all, in, in Australia you can get it on Stan. Um, it's a I think it's a really fascinating series. Um, you know, it kind of it shows his struggles with you know being um, adherent to his culture, to his religion, to his. Um, you know, that kind of side of his identity while also trying to fit in and um, kind of be uh, a modern American as well. I'm and sensing the, dramedy. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, it's in that kind of area. Yeah. Um, but it also, I, what I also liked about it was that it, it kind of, it it um, delved into the perspectives of some of the people around him as well, like his family and um, kind of gave... Uh, it it, it it was one of those series that kind of gave a you know gave multiple perspectives on a single situation so you know character x is a you know is a bigot but you know why does he have this kind of view you know all the all the characters seemed very um very uh, multidimensional which is nice um and, and so produce, uh, produced by, by a bunch of people but one of them was a24 and um, and shot in america yeah, shot in yeah. America. Um, it's it's a like originally aired on Hulu, cool. but you can get it on Stan. Um, I think they call it a Stan exclusive. I'm not entirely sure what uh, 
constitutes a Stan exclusive or anything like just that. Just when they, they buy the distribution rights. Yeah, for I'm assuming just for Australia because mm. I'm pretty sure you'd still be able to get Rami on um, Hulu. So I watched that and I also, um, so I think I'm one off finishing that and uh, I also watched Castlevania Season 3. Um, I heard good things about this. Mm. Yeah, I look, I'm not a, an anime purist. Um, I don't really have much to compare it to. Um, but this is certainly one of the more accessible animes that I've come across. Um, and so I've followed it for the last two seasons. And, you know, um, you know, spoiler alert, uh, in the second season, they end off killing one of the major antagonists of the series. And so that kind of leaves this series with a, a very open-ended, like, you know, okay, well, what now, right? Um, and they kind of had this task of bringing a lot of the secondary um, antagonists to the forefront. Um, and that I thought was a really interesting prospect. Um, in terms of execution, I think they've done a pretty good job of it. You know, they've, um, the, the story is a little less, um, I would say, l linear now. There's a kind of offshoot. So you're following a couple of different characters on their journeys. And um, it's a little less, you know, you know, bad guy versus good guy type scenario. Not to say that the first two seasons were strictly that, but they're they're doing a good job of kind of diversifying the story. Um, it does, however, uh, I guess in my opinion, suffer a little bit of what that uh, of the um, Game of Thrones suffered from, which is like there's multiple storylines happening at once, which means that if you look at any one storyline in the context of you know eight episodes, not an awful lot happens. So as you kind of diversify in terms of storylines, you kind of you, you get a reduction in what happens linear linearly. That's a word, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I think I'm you know two or three episodes off finishing that, and so far really enjoying it um, visually. Um, I'm Is really there an improvement the in the in the artwork? Like I said, I'm not an anime purist, uh -huh. so I'm not the person to be really asking about that. I I, I remember I think Ben. You, when you originally saw a bit of it, or even just the trailers of it, you were a bit kind of it's well, it's not true Japanese anime, so I think don't make me sound like a fucking no, neckbeard I know. piece I, I of shit. Want it, I didn't no. want to like come no. on too strong, but my thing, my thing was in stills, <laughs> yeah. it was really gorgeous, surprisingly, um, surprisingly well done for something that's not Japanese. Um, when you see it in motion, it's clearly not from a Japanese studio, and that and there is legitimate, uh, legitimate, legitimately, um. Uh, uh, you know that that's warranted mm. essentially because um, the Japanese expectation, yeah, 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 like they they've built up a reputation yeah. um, and they've been doing it for it's just out uh, of their wheelhouse. Years. It's sort of this, yeah, you know. But I, I like it. I like how you know, uh, you know, that not in a negative way, but they're appropriating other different styles. Yeah, no, it's and very bringing cool. that in and, and like opening that up as a medium. Yeah. So I mean, I think this for a lot of people would be um, a good stepping stone into a back catalog of you know, traditionally Japanese animes. For sure, that, for sure. Um, that I really appreciate that kind of thing. So, but uh, yeah, uh, so far really, you know, really digging it. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll change by sure. next week. So if, if it takes a serious dip, I'll let you know. Otherwise, just consider it a, a recommend. Nice. Have you been watching Castlevania, Benny? I have not, nor did I watch any real anime this week. Um, <laughs> oh. I didn't mean to say anything. He says dick. it as monocle. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been um, obsessed with one thing in particular, and I'll make it brief because I know you guys ain't going to give a shit. But um, I, I started off the week listening again and again to the full soundtrack for Tim Burton's uh, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Mm. And then finally one night um, slapped it on. I haven't watched it in probably a decade. Um, and I, I just fucking love that movie. It's even better than I remembered and then proceeded for the rest of the week to listen to it again, mm. probably another dozen times. Um, my, I, my, my ex-girlfriend's, uh, family was so into musicals mm. and they would watch the Tony awards and they would go <laughs> to all, uh, all the shows that came, you know, when wicked came through, they were losing their fucking marbles and uh, what a bad matchup for you. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, dude, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't that relationship yeah. last? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but Sweeney Todd was one that I, I, they would, they show me things, and I'm like, oh, listen, <laughs> come on, yeah. you sweet, sweet people, it's leave not gonna happen. Me, yeah. Leave me be, leave me alone. And uh, Sweeney Todd was one that I actually really enjoyed. Cool. Uh, and I thought the songs were great. What yeah, was the well, critical reception for that when it came out? Like, what, good, what it, quite great. Yeah, good. yeah and that was yeah. a Tim Burton on a, you know, he was still considered 
you know, it was pre Alice in Wonderland. Tim Burton essentially is what. Yeah, I'm I mean, to say. he had he had done, of course, Planet of the Apes at that point, but yeah, he hadn't become kind of the just sort of almost laughing stock he is now, yeah. which is a real shame because he was man, he was one of the first directors I ever fell in love with, and I think looking totally. back through his catalog, there is a lot of great stuff there. 100%. Um, but this movie, a distinctive in, style, like it's yeah, kind and of- this movie in particular is just fucking gorgeous, and the actual musical itself by uh, Stephen Sondheim. Um, is virtually an opera. Uh, the way it's written uh, lyrically and musically is so complex and really impressive. And I can see why, George, it would be one that you would be more more open to than it's other... It's a bit more metal. It's a, yeah, it's a little more metal. <laughs> it's a little less tacky. It's kind of horror-themed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really... I think I'll be watching it again pretty soon already. Cool. Yeah. Um, I watched a great video um, from a, a YouTuber I just introduced you guys to, Sideways, I think his name is. He does kind of musical analysis. Um, his video on Sweeney Todd is so well worth watching, okay, even cool. even for you guys if you haven't seen it. I like um, his other one does. Yeah, just because it's um, such a niche area. But but this one in particular, the there's a recurring motif or, or late motif in in Sweeney Todd, the um, Des Irae or something. It's like a centuries old um, like death theme of music that comes into play in so many more movies than you would ever guess like it's in it's in star wars it's in the shining it's right. it's just this thing that musicians all seem to know and utilize in in film scores in particular um really fascinating stuff uh so that was that was me for the week just pretty much all sweeney todd <laughs> wow i'm surprised he didn't come with like That's, you know changed hairstyle it's a little field slightly it's great. less tan it's fantastic mm. awesome stuff should we get into the topics of the week? Let's friggin' do it. First up, we have a new and presumably final trailer for Black Widow. It does say final trailer. There we go. I so. I um, presumed correctly. This one. Mm. Yeah. This is... Uh, uh, so can you guys give me a, a bit of a gauge on how you're feeling about Black Widow coming into it? Like, do you feel as though there's the same level of excitement that you usually have for a Marvel film? Like, I just... Yeah, I just don't know where I feel. Like, it's very it's different. strange. It's different, and it feels like a different movie for them. It feels almost like a different genre for them in some regard. I'm low-key really keen for this movie, though, which normally with Marvel, I'm like high-key, very keen. Yeah. So it is different, but I I don't know. Everything I've seen of this, I've quite liked. Number one, I love that you said low-key. Number two, listen, I, I'm starting to worry about this one. Oh, no. I'm starting yeah. to feel like this is an Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because uh, this one really didn't impress me. The music was great. Mm. Music across the board, across all these trailers for Black Widow, has been got this really cool industrial edge with these interesting yeah. syncopated patterns and stuff. I sincerely doubt it's indicative of the final product, but I really hope it is. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, but but this movie, I don't know, man. I I just I was thinking the first thought that came to me in this trailer. I think she was on a bridge or something. She's about to fight Taskmaster. And I thought to myself, man, this should have came came out 2015 or something. Well, and that's been something that we've been saying since, well, since 2015, is that this is a phase one film. And this is, I thought, when all the fans wanted it, which was, again, you know, early phase one type area. Um, maybe early phase two, sorry. Um, and, and it does, it, it feels like it belongs in that era. Um, and not in the kind of callback way that I, I sort of hoped that it would, more in the sense of just it doesn't feel like it belongs in a world post-Avengers and um, even just Spider-Man. Um, I feel like the, the, the general movement of the MCU is going more um, uh, you know, like, uh, cosmic, space galactic, cosmic, cosmic kind of, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm really excited for where they're going to take... Eternals. Well, Eternals and um, Doctor Strange and yep. the Multiverse of Madness or whatever it is. Even the the um, the Disney Plus series seems a little bit more wacky and kind of out there. Um, so th- I, I don't know. This one just doesn't quite feel like it fits. Having said that, you know, I, the trailers didn't disappoint me. Like, that's why I'm not sure where I feel. Like, I'm not... I'm, I don't think this movie is going to be bad. Um, I just don't think it really fits with the overall direction of the MCU. That's the only kind of, I guess, concern that I have. You don't think Marvel's capable of making a bad movie at this point? But, w- w- but <laughs> don't jinx listen, it. There's ev- there's <laughs> It'll happen. But. Every chance to me, like nine times out of ten, I'm going to leave the film and be like, that was a great time. But the one time is the Ant-Man and the Wasps mm. that come through. You know, you did you 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 liked Ant-Man and the Wasp the most out of us three, would you say? Yeah. And you were kind of in my camp? Yeah, I wasn't 
I wasn't wildly impressed. And I came to it, um, you know, well after it had left theaters. Um, right. It just felt like one of those movies that was put in there to fill a necessary gap and that the story around that plot point wasn't really, um, wasn't really well thought out or not even just well thought out, but it just didn't feel well executed. Mm. Um, and maybe that's because they were kind of handcuffed to this, you know, you know, Feige going in and be like, these are the points that you have to make in order for Avengers to make sense or something like that. I can imagine that having something to do with the, the situation, but um, yeah, I just, I was very lackluster on that film. It just felt very kind of yeah. necessary. Well, that's my stomach going. Um, yeah. I, it's concerning if they can hear that sure. through the mics. <laughs> Listen, it's coming out April 30th, I believe. We're less than two months away. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Mm. First first MCU film of 2020. This, so, this trailer we, is oh. clearly setting up Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow. It's a lot more kind of centric on her. Is that the sister? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm surprised she's going with that accent for this film because they never bothered with... Scarlet. It's quite jarring in this instance where Scarlett Johansson is so American, I feel. Mm. And, I, and I honestly, like, I love Florence Pugh. I think everything she's done has been so good. I'm honestly not super convinced by her in this either. The, so one of the, it didn't really bother me because it made sense. Like, you know, Black Widow had gone over to America and, and kind of put mm. that in her past, whereas she had seems like her sister seems as though she had lived mm. I mean, in the, Russia. I mean, the performance specifically. Oh, the actual though, execution yeah. of the accent. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I, I get that. I'm just going to kind of reserve too much judgment because, mm. um, you know, accents are real 50-50 for me, right? Sometimes they really bring me out, but other times it's kind of like, ah. Uh, it's a sore point for you because Australians think you sound weird and Canadians think you sound weird. No one thinks I sound like <laughs> how I should. Irish yeah. people do. I can't know. <laughs> I do. I get, back I, in Dublin, I, get I have known for years be like, you know, oh, you just kind of like casually talk about how I'm Irish. I'm like, I'm not yeah. Irish though. And they're like, what? Yeah. No, that there's no, it's not possible. I'm like, have you spoken to me? Like, have I ever mentioned like the home country of Ireland? Like, you, um, just, you just exude it. Yeah, the name doesn't help. <laughs> um, no, what, one thing I did want to talk about with this trailer was Taskmaster. I think Taskmaster looks awesome. He looks awesome, looks but like a also Ranger enemy. something it's that great. I hadn't. Yeah, that's awesome. My, my understanding of Taskmaster master was that he kind of um analyzed situations and was able to kind of fight based on, like i think that's kind of my he has, understanding of he has photographic reflexes so any yeah. anything he sees performed he can um uh, mimic. mimic do mimic yeah so that makes sense because in this trailer it looks as though he's mimicking all the avengers mm. so he's got uh the shield from captain america he's got the bow from hawkeye he's got there's uh Black he's got Panther panther's claws, claws. Yeah. Um, I think there was at least one more. The, the one that I wasn't quite sure what, about where he was mimicking was the sword. When he's falling down, he's got like a sword. Mm. Um, it would be interesting to see how much exposition or time they give to that, whether they just get like present it and happens or they give it a whole backstory. No, I think they're just going to run with a gimmick. Right? Yeah, it's going to be one do. line. I hope they do. It's going to be like, hey, this is a guy that, you know, this is his thing. He, he can like, basically what you just did, he can mimic everything. And then- yeah. You know, there's not. But I wonder really if they'll get any... into like the tech and how it. it nah. you know, from I because it's such a oh, fun comic booky conceit. I, I like think it's great. he can yeah. just do this. I, I hope this is the thing that he does. I yeah. mean, in a world where Thor swings around mm. a hammer, he can do that. Mm. Like, I, let's just. I think he looks sick. I think this looks like yeah. a really good um, Marvel villain, which you know they, they've been hit and miss. Um, I've been assuming Rachel Weisz is Taskmaster this entire time. Um, this trailer kind of gave me pause, so I'm not entirely sure. But it, it's that's I mean, interesting. The conservation, the law of conservation of characters. It's got to be someone who we've already seen in the trailer, or who we know the, is casting this, because it's some. It's a masked character. Yeah, they're not going to introduce some other random, probably. So, but that, maybe it's Florence Pugh. Even who, maybe the who whole is it in the comic books, or are you aware? It's just of it's a, a guy. It's just Taskmaster. It's, it's not like a, a twist or anything. Right, but but you, you think? But the way that the MCU uses villains, I'm presuming they're going to do something. Mandarin on his ass. And even if it isn't one of the existing characters, I did kind of assume it would be a woman because, um, you know, this being one of the very few female-led properties, I figured they might do that flip. Shit, dude, I think you might be onto something there. Mm. I often am. Steak Interesting. Dinner? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what Steak Dinner is designed for. <laughs> this wait, is, this wait is, look, wait, what are we four years into this? No one's gotten a steak yet? 
<laughs> yeah, holy fuck. I'm not, I'm I'm the, ca- I'm the snakes cancel each other. <laughs> it's happened enough times. I think I think you might be up, George, if, if I'm just going off memory in terms of the steaks. We have, we have gone so long here that I still haven't gotten a steak, and I'm a vegetarian now, so yeah. you guys are going to yeah. have to figure something else yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next up, uh, Vin Diesel of all people has let slip that the Guardians of the Galaxy will appear in Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, so that makes a lot of sense given where we saw Thor last. Um, yeah, not surprising. Yeah, uh, uh, in Endgame, um, I think that's kind of a fun little continuity thing. I'm assuming it's going to be more, little more than a cameo. The same with Doctor Strange in Ragnarok. He had a few minutes yeah. in that film, even though it was kind of hyped up. That kind of disappoints me for much the same reason that. I had kind of expressed when they first, um, you know, kind of announced the the slate of properties that they were going to do next. Because um, my, like, I think everyone's initial thought was that the next movie that we'll get in that kind of timeline or in that kind of um, story area was going to be um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What's the what's the title? But As Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought Correct. that was going to be like the next thing, and then past that, you can have like Thor four. Um, Whereas it, this one, it kind of sounds as though they're just abandoning that idea and going straight to Thor 4. So I you're never... upset that they're doing something you thought was going to happen based on no evidence, <laughs> and they went another way. Well, they kind of <laughs> set it up for it, right? Like, what's the point of there having that There was a setup. Set I'm glad they're not doing that, though, because I think those are, at, at that point, or this point, I think those are two of their most popular properties, the ones that they're actually going forward with is Guardians and, and Thor after Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and I think they're both so chock full in their own right, that they do not need to be mashed together. Because we're about to discuss this in even even more detail, but this next Thor sounds so full already. We've got Natalie Portman coming in as a new Thor. We've got Valkyrie coming back. We've got Thor, who has a lot of shit to work out after Endgame, obviously. Um, and then you've got the Guardians, who were like their time, their story, their continuity, I think was fucking railroaded by Endgame. They have so much rebuilding to do and so much to fix the fact that we're not getting their movie before they're appearing in this already is a, is a damn shame. Marvel really fucked that up by firing James Gunn and delaying the movie and rehiring him because um, they're in kind of in tatters right now. And mm. and you also got to take into account Taika Waititi. I want to see Taika Waititi again involved with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. It's going to be awesome. Mm. Whether like, it's three minutes, whether it's 20 minutes, um, um, I think, you know, I've been a little bit iffy on James Gunn coming back and... I'm not really sure where I sit on Guns of the Galaxy 2. So, yeah, I don't love it. Uh, but I think there's still mileage there with the right with the right creative personnel. Mm. So, you know, good shit on the way. But the, we, got, we got some some more news about uh, some villains. Yeah, so these actors cannot keep their lips sealed. Tessa Thompson. Was it? Oh, Tessa Thompson. Was that um, a red carpet premiere or something? Just uh, talking to ET, I think. Okay. Um, it's on the street. Yeah, uh, she lets slip that Christian Bale is, uh, in fact, joining the film, as we heard rumored, and he'll be playing the villain. How good. So that's a great get. I can't wait. Um, what a very talented actor. And a very, depending on what direction they go with it, he's so talented comedically, um, and I think he could do great things with um, Taika Waititi. Do you think he's going to change his physique? <laughs> I think he's done with, I've heard he's done with that. Yeah, but is he? It's a lot of effort. It's I wouldn't part be surprised. Of him. It's part of his DNA. Like. I, I'd, I'd heard an anecdote just today, apparently, that he talked to to Gary Oldman, um, I think, who did uh, Winston Churchill in that movie a couple of years ago. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, geez, how'd you get you know get into that shape?" And he's like, "It was a fat suit." And he was like, "Oh, fuck, <laughs> you can just do that." <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, that's yeah. the same thing oh, with Christian. what. I don't think he can keep doing that. I, I think the toll it takes on his body's too much. Um, now. I suppose you guys don't have any thoughts on who he might be playing. No offense. No idea. Um, but the, Thor? The, the, <laughs> Thor. He's playing another new Thor. He's playing Frog Thor. Um, that's an actual thing. Look it up. Um, is he a horse Thor as well? Uh, there's Beta Ray Bill, who is uh, an alien. So he was Thor for a while. He has a weird kind of horse oh, head. Sweet. He's a, he's definitely appearing in this movie. So that could be Christian Bale. So can't guess. Well done. <laughs> because no, because for years. It. Because he was he was in a fan Guardians favorite. The Galaxy, there was a right? statue yeah. in Guardians um, One, right? No, in there was Thor a statue in Thor Ragnarok. Um, that's the only. Right, let's be clear. That's the only reason I know about that character, and because you specifically pointed him out yeah. to me. <laughs> right. That's, that's my only. So it was my suggestion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in so facto, mm-hmm. 
Um, but my pick is a character I actually don't know all that much about called um, Gore the God Butcher, G-O-R-R. Look him up. Yeah, I'm doing that right he's, now. He is the star of some of the most striking mainstream comic book art I've seen in years. I don't know what the Thor run is exactly, this kind of God Butcher storyline, but he's a wicked looking character. He's kind of Fuck. got a Voldemort style to him. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. Christian Bale could embody that no, perfectly. No, yeah, he looks great. Yeah, isn't that art? They're like gorgeous. Oh my wow. Goodness. Yeah, but but that is a really kind of serious storyline. And the way that Taika Waititi handled Thor 3, I was not super happy with in some aspects because that was on Ragnarok. paper a very Ragnarok was on paper as a very dramatic event, whereas this looks like another kind of like 80s wacky thing. So I don't I, at this point I don't even know what I want from a Thor movie, but all the ingredients are very exciting. 100 yeah. percent Cannot wait for this one. We'll see what they is that do. this year? Um, Thor, no, the end of this year is Eternals. Eternals. Uh, Thor really must be one two. of the ones next year. Yeah, because uh, Guardians got delayed. That was meant to be this year. Oh, but we, could, we got a lot of uh, Disney Plus. So they really slowed their role there. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus is really filling it up. Yeah, for sure. To the middle. Have you cancelled it yet, Are those being... Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I cancelled it. Did you watch the Fox next... Did you watch the next Clone Wars? No. Yeah, you said you were going to do that. Uh, <laughs> but I've still got enough time. It's like, it's the cycles on the 26th or something. Okay. Yeah. So then, see ya. I would I would be really fascinated to know what the uh, attrition rate for Disney Plus has been over the last two months because they were very keen on publishing how quickly they went up. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there's some. Uh, I think they have a big churn rate yeah. of their subscribers. I'm sure there would be, and I'm sure there'd, there'd also still be a lot of people who, like us, even just Forget let it hang it. on in the background. Because yeah. something, a bit of a um, a tangent, but uh, I was watching a round table with uh, a bunch of the producers of the major studios, like Paramount and Netflix and Amazon and all that kind of stuff. And the the head of Amazon or the head of um, Netflix was asked a pretty direct question about why they don't release stats. Um, and if you want the full answer, like. Uh, I think it's a Hollywood reporter does a round table mm. with them. Um, but uh, one of the interesting things is that they, they said that they're going to start releasing more and more stats. Um, and I, I am really fascinated to find out or to kind of delve into that. Cause I've always thought that um, box office viewership or sorry, box office um, like dollar amounts is such a bad um a bad measure of of you know, how popular a movie is. Netflix is going to be worse though. It's going to be their bullshit cherry picks. Do you remember their, their like ten most the watched things seconds. last year or something? It's like if you've watched two minutes of it, it goes onto that. But onto I find that, that almost list. better because if if you're comparing a movie now to a movie like five years ago, like for like, you know the 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 movie theater, um, uh, like the distrib- like the amount of distribution is different. The the um the price of a ticket is different, like whether it's three D versus it's um like I've always I've always and records don't take inflation into account exactly at all, right, which and is, I mean it makes it all completely kind of pointless. Yeah, and you know one of my most hated statistics that's always quoted is about how um uh Gone with the Wind is you know if if you account for inflation is so much more popular than any of these movies nowadays. I'm like, but that's that's like such a small fraction of what made it popular. Like what? three movies come out that year well, it was in cinemas um, for exactly. like four years sorry it was in cinemas for like yeah, four exactly. years exactly like it's that that if you took that movie and you release it now like there's just no kind of comparison on that so i like the idea of just saying like kind of looking at something mm. that is uh statistic heavy on something more than just dollar amount on actual viewership and you know down the line if they start releasing not only just how many people quote unquote viewed this but also like what was their retention rate on this movie? What was their, you know... Did they have, say they were going to get that deep into it? Um, I don't know if they're going to get that deep into it. Because I feel like it's just going to be their usual no kind of but propaganda. He, no, 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 the but he has, they he will, has but... said that they've started to release a little bit, but they will uh, they will um, start to release more and more as time goes on. And um, I, I watched it, it would have had to have been at least a week ago, so I can't remember the specifics around why they didn't release... Um, uh, why they traditionally didn't release it. It was something that I hadn't thought about. I was just like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense, um, but uh, you know, because of the changing environment, because of the changing um, uh, you know industry, they're going to start releasing more and more. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point um, you're able to get um, those kind of statistics. I don't know whether it would be open to the public, but I imagine they'd release really so somewhere. powerful for Netflix. Sorry, so powerful for Netflix. I mean, yeah, exactly, right? Like the you know, 
The analytics they can yeah. pull and the insights they can pull is insane. Uh, I watched um, Guy Ritchie, director Guy Ritchie on Joe Rogan this week. I think it was from two years ago or something. Really great talk podcast. Talks about suits a lot. Empowerment of oh, the suit. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he has some interesting thoughts in this exact area and, and was commenting about how that metric of box office is, is you know, you know, they reference Fast and the Furious. It's like everyone's just talking about box office hall. What about the merits of the film itself, you know? <laughs> okay. Is it Guy Ritchie saying this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soon, yeah. Soon after he released King Arthur? Was that? <laughs> no, but, uh, you know. Money it doesn't matter. Me, it, it gave, it gave me um, a lot of respect for the guy. So, yeah. you know, I, that I just, is, just that blank is out King Arthur and everything's fine. The man who directed the biggest box office bomb of all time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is what week three or four of consistent The Batman news. Yeah, man. Um, which I'm really enjoying this trickle. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to ramp up as we get closer and closer. Like, and, and it's been be real. It's been their content as well as like photographers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so paparazzo. we've gotten a look at the Batmobile. A pretty good look. A bunch of new photos yeah. uh, are up. It's um, it's distinctive. It's looking old school. So it it makes me kind of mechanical. Yeah. Well, it it, it practical. It fit, fits in with the bike. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and my comment this... around the bike was that it was really scaled back and very it kind of looked like a, you know, someone panel beat some shit over the front. This, and that does, was it. this guy doesn't really look like a billionaire at this point. No, <laughs> which it is looks really like interesting. A, kind of like an old because everything about his car. suit and his vehicles is Cobbled together. Very yeah, and very practical. Like like it, this doesn't feel like he has Morgan Freeman in his basement with a billion dollars making military grade equipment for him. Um, which I think is really interesting. And, and as for the look of the car itself, yeah, like you said, it's like a, a, a muscle car kind of mixed with a sports car. It looks wicked. It looks so analog. It looks visceral. It's tactile. also probably the first kind of practical looking Batmobile since the 60s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam West's it's, Batmobile was like, it, it, I want to drive around in that. Yeah, thing. it doesn't look tech <laughs> compared, compared to <laughs> Compared to, to the 25 foot long Tim Burton thing that literally yeah. had a grappling hook so it could turn corners. <laughs> um, and then the fucking tank look, tanks that look, Ben Affleck and Christian Bale drove around in. I quite like the Dark Knight. Um, the the uh, Tumblr? The Tumblr. Mm. I'm very I'm, tech and real. Yeah, and I, I, I liked the design of it. And I also, I really liked the design of the bike. The Batpod, yeah. From, I, I, from I don't dislike the Tumblr, but it is a tank. And it, it's funny that he chose to go in that direction for his really kind of grounded take on Batman. You know, when he's like flying across roofs and has the entire police force chasing him <laughs> and he gets away somehow. Um, it's so good. I don't know if I... Like, <laughs> I love you, that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the spotlight and he just literally just breaks a little bit and it goes into the night. And it's like, where's he gone? We <laughs> 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 just moved the soul out a little bit, dude. I can just <laughs> hear the music now like that chase. Yeah, it's, it's good like, shit, man. It's good shit. Mm. I, I, uh, I, I think this is a really interesting way to go and it's starting to inform more and more of the picture that, that Matt Reeves is bringing to the table. And this younger Batman, this honest, this what what is year one, right? Or, or two, the Long Halloween, apparently year two. Okay, yeah, yeah so, the, the Long Halloween looks like looks to be what they're adapting. Yeah, I mean, this is this this is the stuff I'm really hungry to see. Mm. Uh, we we saw that maybe in the Dark Knight, maybe you could sort of say that he was in his second year as Batman there. But this, um, I don't know, it's just honed in a little bit more and, and make that the clear clear focus. Uh, I, I can't wait for this man. Quick 2021, right? Sure. Twenty twenty. I mean, it would have to be. I hope so. Filming now. Um, quick question for you. What's your favorite Batmobile? Might be the Tumblr. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's not as distinctive as, as you know, your Tim Burton. like the big, Or like the ones with a big wing. Is that the Burton one that had the big wing in the back? That would be Schumacher. Or maybe Schumacher um, or is what I'm thinking. The of. biggest wing, certainly, with Schumacher. <laughs> I, had, I had the toy of, I think, the Batman Forever one, which um, that was a fucking what are the, sick Can we say the animated vehicle. one? Yeah. Animated one was pretty badass. Yeah, well, it's very yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the the kind of '90s animated series. Mm. That because that's probably what I was going to say is that 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 crossed with the, the Tim Burton original. Mm. Um, yeah. Really cool kind the of Art Deco car. The Batfleck pod. Yeah, not 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 the Bat Batfleck thing. No, I don't. I don't. What know was that, that a shark? So Bat Bat shark. <laughs> I I don't know. It was the Bat Slaughtermobile because yeah. he killed a lot of people with yeah. it. But it was High, high body count. It would look pretty cool if he picked we, all the people like, out of the grill at the front. I've always been annoyed by that. Like, people were like, oh, I can't believe he, like, killed people because something blew up. It's like, the amount of people that all the other Batmans have actually killed, if nothing else, but through, like, just 
breaking necks and like severe brain trauma and like no i mean the kate i'm and a batman, good guy because i've only given 60 people brain damage the kate and batman like fucking openly killed yeah. people he, <laughs> he like put stuck dynamite to a guy and threw yeah. him over a fucking side of a um, building what a hero <laughs> but um but watching that you know very like serious heady bat, bat, yeah. batman v superman and seeing the way he was pulverizing those cars with people in them was Kind of distressing. Yeah, just because you couldn't see, like, literally him killing people. He was like, oh, we got away on a technicality. He's just having a bad time, man. That's all. Yeah, speaking of having a bad time, um, after careful consideration and thorough evaluation of the global theatrical marketplace, coronavirus, No Time to Die has been delayed until November. Seven months? Huge, yeah. Wow. That That is such an interesting... So Coachella you know, has move. been moved by six months. South by Southwest, the greatest film festival in the world, has been cancelled. Slipknot Fest got cancelled no! in Japan. <laughs> the world is imploding, people. Um, yeah, this is big. And, and you know, like today at work, I, I, you know, my boss said, "Don't come in." You know, we work on a co-working office. Coronavirus is taking hold. As as we know, I work in a cinema, and this would be a quiet period one way or another. But uh, yeah, it seems like a. A place people are avoiding, certainly. Yeah. What, about that dude, what about that patron today that coughed in your face? Why don't you tell everyone at home? No, he about... said he didn't have coronavirus. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so I, made, I made sure to ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you said did. <laughs> no, I think he said okay, did. I think, I think he said didn't. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's, I interrupted I feel you like that that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, no, I... Um, what was I going to say? Uh, my question is, is this the first, or sorry, is this the last one that we're going to hear about changing dates? Um, so apparently Black Widow seems very firm on committing. sticking to its date. Um, Fast and Furious 9 as well, which yeah. is, I would say, more surprising because I would expect them to have much bigger markets in China, mm. both of them, than uh, James Bond. Mm. But the reasoning, according to Deadline, the reasoning was really weird. They said it's not due to coronavirus. They just want the global, you know, theater market to be operating at peak capacity. I'm like, that's because of the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the markets in the world are kind of shut down right now. See, I don't even know, like, this. The, one of the things that, that makes me very weirded out, I guess, about this is that, okay, well, A, <clears throat> they've obviously spent a, a shit ton of money in marketing already that they're going to have to double down on in six months. I've heard 30 million is what they're going to lose because of this delay. Because of the marketing alone or just... Just because for delaying for the, the delaying movie. It, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a huge amount of money. And if mm. they're worried about, um, you know, uh, cinemas uh, operating at peak capacity, if you look at the the global economy right now, you know, what what did we lose off the Dow Jones? Like 2,000 points today or, or yesterday, whatever it was. Um, uh, and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down a lot. Um, you know, if you look at um, the 2008 crash, you were getting like roll-on effects six to 12 to 18 months later. So I don't know what they think they're going to achieve in terms of, you know, uh, cinemas operating at peak capacity seven months from now. Hell, it could be even worse from, se- you know, it, seven months if people have lost their jobs or, or you know, the, the economy's gone and tanked. People aren't thinking about, oh, I'm going to go watch that new um, you know, James Bond movie about it's a know, good, extravagance and just in general, it's a good time of year to release, though. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it might be a good excuse for them. There's to just be not like, going to be any Star Wars competition, but it's interesting, year. like the reality of the situation versus the the perception of the situation. You know, in this instance, uh, these guys have made a decision on the fact that they think that people aren't going to turn up to the cinema or the Chinese market is severed off. Yeah, and our box office hall isn't going to be as high. Um, that's the perceived reality, but you know, is the reality, you know, what's the tangible actual, like if they did release in November and versus if they did release in um, April and put those two things against each other, oh, we'll what never is going to, yeah, we'll never know. Yeah. But what is actually going to be, uh, what would be the difference? And, <clears throat> and uh, it, it's just very interesting times uh, in terms of this coronavirus and and how it's taking hold in, so many different areas that seem uh, unrelated yeah. on first inspection. Well, I suspect that Marvel is um, holding firm largely because they don't want to run up against um, what's being released later this year. The Eternals, their own yeah, movie. Yeah. Their own movie. So A, they wouldn't want to compete, and B, there might even be just continuity errors that would occur if they released it it's probably know, like too a, close together. Or probably like, like a game of chicken as well, yeah. seeing who would pull out first, because everyone's kind of rushed into James Bond's date as well. Yeah. Um, but James Bond's 
sitting happy because I don't. They're not going to face too much competition. They've released in November before, right? Uh, phew, I have no idea. I don't think James Bond really has a set time of year oh, necessarily. Sure, yeah. um, um, and but there's all the stuff we don't know as well. I mean, this is a new director on this franchise. Maybe there is behind the scenes trouble. Um, Drama. Even if there isn't, though, uh, hopefully this gives them a lot of time to create a really finished product. Because we see a lot of movies, I would say most movies, where you can highlight at least something in there where you're like, oh, they probably could have Spectre spent a, a little good, more time on that. A good example, there was a lot of... Yeah, like they like, could have rewritten the movie uh, and shot it again <laughs> if they had another seven I mean, months. If I just think, if I think about the first 10 minutes alone, there was a lot of polishing that could have been done on that movie for to Sky, make it... For um, Spectre. For, for Spectre. Because I just remember, I, I loved the setup of that film of being in... The brick wall um, thing looked weird, eh? Oh, man. <laughs> the, that, the green screen in that film... It got me off to a bad start, but I love the location. Um, I loved the feel of that. Like it felt very James Bondy. It was just like the execution of the first one of the first 10 minutes really left me kind of. Take out 15 minutes. This two and a half hour runtime sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this, is, this is absurd. Well, they have on, to. They have to encompass. Georgie, you can't get through one of Come those, can you? On, they, they have no, to encompass all the previous so, like villains they and get like so over bloated, and it's just Casino Royale. I think was the longest before this. Mm. Yeah, um, well, well, that's a good one, but it definitely has a lot of fat. It, on it. it has a fourth act. So that fourth act that yeah. sucks. You think it sucks? <laughs> the bit with the underwater bit where he's swimming and it's like, no, the card game's over, bro. I want to go home. Where's the casino? I got work tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like no, that. That bit sucks. Of a really, that's a, that's really a very cool strong movie. opinion. I don't think I've ever heard you like express sucky. that much it was a distaste for something in Casino Royale. <laughs> no, that movie rules, but that bit, that's the sucky bit. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, we'll find out come November. Um, Speaking of coronavirus. Sure. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) I hope not. Um, This generation. The Last of Us. The Last of Us is to be adapted into an HBO series with Chernobyl's Craig Mazin on board to co-write and executive produce alongside Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann, who served as the game's creative director. Um, This is kind of awesome news, I think. Great news. Have either of you played it? Craig Mazin. Yes. I haven't played played it. Neither, uh, neither have I. I. I played the first like 20 minutes. Very cinematic I, though, I hear. Everything you've heard about it is completely accurate. It's a masterpiece. Great to hear Craig Mason's on this. He, as I've said many times on this, his Chernobyl podcast is great. He's the writer of Chernobyl. Mm. Um, he, The way he thinks about things, I subscribe to that. And uh, from everything that I've heard about Last of Us, damn, this sounds cool. Quite interesting because it's based on Ellen Page, right? unofficial i'm not sure if anyone's ever actually admitted to that i think she might have even sued them um, yeah. it's not based on the page there was another video game it at the time a... starring ellen page yes which she was officially a part of because it was kind of weird to see the kid and in my mind i was like oh that should be ellen i'm pretty page. sure she's called ellie as well yeah it was it was kind of a whole thing um, that's right i remember that i mean the now. game is it's hugh jackman and ellen page <laughs> essentially yeah. um as as these characters um but the idea of giving um, Craig Mason another HBO series is terrific, whatever it is. Yes. Um, then chucking him with this material, which um, has some kind of similarities to Chernobyl. Um, in, What's the premise? Is in what it's doing. Well, it's basically, yeah, it's basically just essentially a zombie apocalypse, um, except it's those, you know, those um, like mushrooms that take over ants' brains and turn them into like little ant zombies. Oh really? Yeah, oh, um, uh, toxoplasmosis. Sure. Is that the ant? No, that's that's uh, rats. Yeah, I know. I don't think that's it. But yeah, but it's it's kind of a, a, a very uh, uh, exaggerated, uh, based on a real thing. But um, yeah, the the game is amazing. It's one of those ones where it's like, does it need an adaptation? Because it's already a perfect cinematic story. Um, that is so enhanced by you actually playing it and kind of living in this world. Um, but yeah, I think the idea of making it a, a TV series is the right way to go. And having the 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 actual guy who worked on the game there, kind of co-producing it with Craig Mazin, I think I think they're in for a hit here. I cannot well, wait for this. That that HBO seal of approval. approval. Like th- this is going to look beautiful. So mm. that's literally what I was going to allude to. Like. The, the prospect of taking a game and adapting that into a, uh, a series or a film is, is always a bit of a dangerous one. Um, 
However, this does seem to have some hallmarks of something that could be good. Namely, HBO doesn't fuck around with these kind of series. Mm. They're usually pretty on point. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how this is going to turn out. This is... Because Last of Us 2 has come out or is coming out? Coming out. Coming out? Okay. Well, this has been about five years, right? Mm. Wow. Yeah, these games, games like these take a long time to make. Um, that's a freaking polished game. Okay. Um, yeah. What, what do you guys think about adaptations of things that are virtually perfect in their own medium? It's, um, you know, the thing is, is if it's perfect for its medium, it's, uh, it's like the Watchmen thing, right? It's like you literally, Zack Snyder copy pasted that film. Mm. It just doesn't have the same level of impact because the original piece was made with the form of graphic novels in mm. mind. The way the story is told is informed by <clears throat> these panels and the, the, the illustrations of Dave Gibbons. Uh, so, so he also seemed to have some fundamental misunderstandings of what that book was actually about as well, though, which I don't think Craig Mason would in this regard. Most definitely, but um, it's it's you know it, it's always like you always have these hurdles mm. where you've got to make compromises and tweaks and and workarounds and problem solving. So you know you take this perfect thing and it's going to never quite be as good. It's going to be a clone. It's going to be. Uh, you know, and, and, and is that to say that, you know, every book ad- adaptation's bad? No, not of course. Like, I, I love the Harry Potter films and, and, and I love the books this. as well. You're um, <laughs> we not getting into this. And so, so I'm not, that's not the camp I fall in. I just think it's a little bit case by case and it's often working against it because of the equity and the original piece and yeah. whatnot. I kind of tend to agree that it is case to case. Um, you have some really good examples. Um, Doctor well, Sleep is by all accounts much better than the book. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Well, I mean, but you're talking about taking something that's fit, for, already already good, already good, yeah. and then adapting it. In that case, it's kind of like a bit different. But looking at Lord of the Rings, it's often you know kind of extolled as one of the the greater pieces of fiction out there. And the movies, I think, really did it justice and and really adapted it in a way that was appropriate for the form. Mm. Um, you know. I've got my own qualms with Harry Potter and how that's adapted. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that the tendency with um, adapting anything is to rely too heavily on the existing IP's popularity and, you know, potentially not uh, maybe being a little bit too fan servicey in, in kind of bringing over the things that they think that the fans want to see as opposed to digging deeper for what made that property good in the first place. Well, maybe that'll help this one, I guess, because I think those are one and the same. I think this game is popular for the very specific reason that it's a fantastic story, well told, with very emotional beats and extremely well-realized characters. So I think that's what exactly what they'd be aiming for. But that this is my point. Like A lot of the original properties have that, but they would take away a certain kind of more superficial or aesthetic aspect of, of, you know, kind of looking at this saying, oh, this is what, you know, the, the fans, the game will want. And they'll bring in like the mechanics, for example, where that's such like a, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's just not why they play the game. I, d- I don't think that necessarily, necessarily is the case. though. I think most of these video game movies are adapted from things that are mostly iconography and little else. Like if you're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog or fucking Battleship, I know that's a board game. but yeah, I mean, very good point. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking about something like Assassin's Creed, which I think has a wealth. <laughs> I gotta of good, watch that movie. I think it's, it's got a wealth of good story no, in the. I mean, <laughs> Ubisoft put in so much effort into creating this world, and mm. and you know, I think that a lot of people play these games because there is such a cool like lineage and story that it follows, and and the movie I felt just played on uh you know the mechanics too much. It was also so wrong-headed from the beginning. So, like, what's everyone's favorite thing about the game? The present-day stuff. Yeah, and exactly. every, everyone yeah. in the world was like, "No, no." It's literally, the 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 you know, I, I've come. Give us to, Ezio. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that 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 almost seems too easy, but it would have made a far better movie if they had just gone and told the story of Ezio. Mm-hmm. Okay, it just hundred percent. They could have made a franchise out of that shit. Um, talking about telling the whole whole story, huh? 
Um, last, Segway. Last week we had the bombshell dropped on us that uh, Darth Sidious Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker was, in fact, a clone of the original Palpatine. Oh. Well, that's been expounded upon now because I think the book has actually come out or people have read it. <sighs> yes. Um, apparently, Ray's father was a not-quite-identical clone of Palpatine as well. Yeah. Can this be the last... Last hear of this. thing that we, I didn't even want, I'll be honest, I didn't even want to talk about this, but can this be the last? Because none of these revelations are adding anything to the overall story. It's not mm. like I was. It's detracting. And we talked about this last time. You're not filling in plot holes that make us go, oh, this makes so much more sense now. I forgive you, movie. Yeah. You're just, you're, 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 you're just swapping out a lack of explanation with a pseudo lack of explanation. Yeah, I think like there's no, there's no like. I, was, I wasn't wondering who Palpatine shacked up with and had a baby with. Like this, that wasn't. I was. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> he, he was a pretty decent looking guy back in the prequels. Let's you know. Yeah, he was, <laughs> before before he got all face melted. Yeah, yeah but it would have had to have been after that, which was the most fascinating part. <laughs> what, I mean, I mean, they don't yeah. say that he's. Uh, they don't explicitly say that he's single. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. I haven't run I the mean, numbers. Evil but... lords. That's one of the first questions you asked. Yeah. Are you taken? <laughs> uh, but th- this is this is quite this is this is really fascinating for me because uh, when when I saw Rise of Skywalker, I had a great time. It made num- number ten for me in the best of the year last year. You know, I'm really rooting for that. But these revelations have just taken so much. Taking so much of my soul away from me, and uh, I think that these added details, um, it is the the fact of the matter is that okay. So 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 there was a there was a second clone made of Palpatine, and that clone had a kid. So not the Sidious that we saw in Rise of Skywalker. So that Sidious is another clone, correct? That Sidious in Rise of Skywalker is another clone. And there was another clone that had, because uh, because because he says granddaughter. So this when he when he's referencing this other clone, he's sort of saying, "Oh, this other clone was a son of mine." And we saw that we saw him right. We saw the the mama and the dad in Rise of Skywalker in that little shack. There was a point where we saw them right. Yeah. So like and then and then like you, and then I start unpacking this too much and I go, "Don't don't do it, man." Don't do it because at the end of the day, when JJ just kind of glazed over it and the emperor was just there and it was like, hey, he's a bad dude and somehow he willed himself back to reality, that worked a lot better. Wasn't for me. the biggest problem in the film, yeah. I, not to do their work for them, but more as just kind of a, a thought experiment. I feel like his son clone was probably one of the, the like um, Boba Fett style clones who. Uh, was made as a baby and aged at a regular rate. The clone that he is in the movie must be one of the accelerated clones who grows up very fast because obviously he's like 150 years old or something. Makes sense. Um, And presumably all of these clones are born, I guess, with their own mind, their own uh, essence, uh, which gets, I guess, deleted when he throws his into it as he was going to do to Ray at the end of the film. All of this stuff apparently was... Uh, made up for the movie, most of it just got cut. So and, I think and, they're and filmed. A yeah, lot, a lot in, it's in the script. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think there is, uh, uh, in as much as there is any logic in any of these movies, but especially this one, I think there was kind of a consistency to it. But it is all dumb and unnecessary, and it's so stupid for this stuff to be coming out now. But novelizations always have these but stupid I, extra I details. I think that it's almost like about expectation handling. It's hmm. like you know, my, you know, now that we've seen the film and it's all said and done, you know, the fact that he was a clone wasn't really referenced in there. It was more like seeing like a dark, sinister, almost Harry Potter esque dark magic hmm. that willed him back to life. Yeah. And hmm. then to get this, like my expectation, I would rather have had all that exposition dump that they cut from the movie to go, mm. oh, he was a clone. Okay. You know, now I've walked out of the cinema immediately. I know he's a clone, you know, but up until three months later or when two months later, after the film has come out, we're finding out that he's a clone. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, feel. you know I think what? It's a terrible, nah, a terrible nah, strategy. Leave it out of the film. I don't think it adds anything to the film. So why burden the film with that? All sure. this extra stuff. Sure. Well, because one of our big complaints are coming out of it was, there was just no addressing of where but Palpatine this, came from. Is this addressing of it any better? Like, I think... No, but no, I mean, our, our we could still be complaining our about it. Our complaint was but. that they did it. I think, I, I think we were all quite, like, 
oh good they just they glazed over it like mm. we didn't want them to jump into exposition when like when i was watching the film i was like i really don't need a long-winded explanation of well how that's the back. funny thing though about the cut is it was like one line from kylo ren he was like you're a clone and he's like yeah baby i'm a fucking clone yeah i mean um, even that would have would have worked but like verbatim what how i feel about it is that i'm not <laughs> i i didn't need them to go into this big exposition i didn't need them to explain anything um, and all this stuff that's happened afterwards, like if we look at the alternative script leak from um, <clears throat> Trevorrow or the novelization giving us, um, uh, you know, the the, the fact that uh, his son was a clone and, and that he was a clone and all that kind of stuff, it just doesn't matter to me. I just kind of don't want to talk about it mm. at this point. But like it, do, it doesn't really change the film for me. It's just shit afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the film wouldn't have been better with the exposition. It wouldn't have been worse. Um, just it just would have been longer. <laughs> it would, yeah, it just would have been what it is. It's a classic case of fence sitting, and they should have committed to one way or the other. And I think in this way, they look stupid. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. This has all been a clusterfuck for him. Let's hope we don't hear any more about Palpatine clones next week. That would or be about really Star great. Wars ever again. Disney. Let's cap it off with question of the week. Our boy Jake Travakis has got in touch. Oh, baby. And if you've got a question, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what was that? Uh, YouTube. TikTok. Homing Pigeon. Uh, every avenue of communication we accept here. Uh, let's get into this week's question. Run times. What are your opinions? How long... Is too long for a film. I find most films I want to watch these days are two hours or more. It seems harder and harder and harder to find a 90-minute film. I'm not against long films. My girlfriend thought I was crazy for watching The Irishman. But after a long day of work, I'd rather watch a one-hour episode of TV over a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And I think, Jake, that most people would rather watch three hours of TV rather than 2.5 hours of movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, because every week we start this show with what we've been watching and it seems like you watch like 18 episodes a week. So <laughs> 18 me. episodes of one show and like 34 of another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously this is a man that's, you know, after your heart, George. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think you like watching anything over an hour. But um, I loved The Irishman. Yeah. So, so I think I'm, I'm more on the merits of like, what is the vision of the piece and is it committing to that vision? Yeah, so there's there's obviously mm -hmm. some movies that feel as though like a movie a good movie feels as though it's exactly as long as it should be, um, and you know for example the the last Lord of the Rings film everyone kind of complains about the four endings and I was like I fucking love this I never want this to end I was like just I mean I was actually every time it came back from black and added another scene I was just like fuck yes I, this doesn't happen enough in movies. Um, so for me, that, that movie really felt as long as it should be. Um, so I, I have absolutely no objection to long films. You know, if I'm, if I'm digging what's, what's happening on screen, I could make it four hours for all I care. Um, in terms of kind of like the question that you spun off on that, which was the people rather watching three ep hour long episodes as opposed to 2.5. Um, I think that's just about choice, right? Um, if you uh, commit to a movie, then you are committing to that 2.5 hour, right? Like you, a movie is meant to be watched beginning to end. If I go to watch, like I, I don't really ever intend on watching three hours of TV, but I like the option that I could if I wanted to, or I could just watch one hour. Mm. So I think it is like- it's less the, of a commitment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the barrier to entry is significantly lower on like, or even if you just go like six half an hour episodes mm. or something. Like it's so much easier to just be like, I'm just going to watch as much as I want and I can I can stop at any point or any half an hour interval. Yep. Well, it's, and, the, it's the risk when, you, when you're giving your time to something in this world of infinite choice we have right now. Yeah. If you want to watch a 20 minute episode of TV, it's like, well, that's fine. That's nothing. But if you're sitting down to watch a two and a half hour movie, you're like, I'm going to be sitting there for two and a half hours wondering if I should be watching something else. But do you know what I, I have found myself uh, doing lately? Um, or not even just doing, but I've, I've just kind of experienced this, which is that I appreciate a movie more now that there is this kind of like big content um, or that there's kind of like the, like the constantly filling the void with, with TV series. 
I love the idea of sitting down and committing yourself for that two and a half hours. That has become far more of a special thing for me. Whereas before I might've like chucked on a film to just whatever. And I didn't really care whether I finished it or not. Like, and that's how I would sometimes feel kind of like empty space. Like if I was, I don't know, doing the dishes or something, I'd just chuck on a bad movie and I'd watch like 45 minutes of it. And then like next time I was doing something like benign, I'll just chuck on that on in the background. Whereas now I can check on TV shows to fill up some of those voids, but a movie I will actually think about what do I want to spend my time on? It's kind of to what you said, Ben. Like, mm. If I've got two five hour, 2.5 hours, and I watched Sicario the other day with my um, fiance, and that for me was a really awesome thing because I, I specifically said, all right, we're going to like sit down and we're going to watch this film. Yeah. Well, why don't you go, Benny? You've you got something to say. Um, yeah, to runtime specifically, I, I think I, I'm definitely intimida- intimidated by long long movies if it's going to a cinema to watch a film i generally am not too fussed um as you said the right movie feels like it's as long as it's meant to be um but if i'm at home chucking on a movie if it's like over two hours especially if it's well over two hours i'm probably just not going to do it um which is a damn shame it's interesting um, you make that choice between the cinema and the yeah. Well, the in home, the in the cinema, the you know, that's that's my sacred place. That's yeah. the church. I'm You've just happy made, to sit like, there all day. The effort to go outside of your house, you're done the like full kind commitment. Of, yeah, you're locked in this room, not locked, but mm. <laughs> um, you're pinned down. Yeah, my, exactly. Yeah. My standards, my standards for how I live my life are so low that when I go out and leave the house, I'm like, I'm doing something today. <laughs> yeah. If I'm sitting at home on the couch for two and a half hours, I'm like, I'm wasting my yeah. life. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I get what you mean, right? Like. You've made the you've made a larger effort to go out to the cinema, so it doesn't seem like such a you know. So, so that two hours is definitely your threshold. Um, because I just have this mental barrier yeah. sometimes at home with like this week I didn't watch anything. Like I'm I'm sometimes so busy and so many different things going on that I'm just like, yeah, me too. I can't yeah. be fucked watching a movie right now. Yeah, you know. But when the time is right, you know, mm. th- as you said, kind of like the commitment. Yeah. I'm sitting down and I'm going to be fully in the zone. Like when I'm on the couch watching a movie, I'm not browsing my phone and what and on Instagram and doing anything. Like I'm locked in yeah. really trying to utilize my time. And that's how I watch, like, you know, we joke about it, but I do watch quite a bit of series, but that's, that's how I do that. That's why I do that. It's like, it's just empty time where I'm like, if I'm on the bus or if I'm, you know, you know, cooking and waiting for something else. Yeah, fuck it. Like, it's such small increments that I can just kind of fit that content in. With no toilet roll either, right? No, I'm I'm stocked up, man. I'm I'm as You're rich as they those. come. You're one of those. <laughs> no, I I've, I've, I was really. You're lucky. one of those. I haven't I haven't uh, fed those particular flames yet, but it's coming very close. And I like there's a personal thing where I don't want to engage in that because I'm like I'm not gonna be one of those people. For anyone that's wondering, particularly in America, Australia has lost its mind in the last like week because of the coronavirus. The Western world has. Is yeah, is this toilet paper thing? It's I, so too specific I feel like to it was more. No, I, one of my clients to me, I, listen, I haven't looked this up. One of my clients told me that uh, UK and US, all the Western world, losing their fucking marbles, toilet rolls, sanitizer, soap, gone. There, there is. Meagering, I can also tell you, is completely missing. Literally, from like, the there's shelf. like no logic <laughs> <Yeah>. to this. <laughs> what, I mean, why toilet paper? Why, like, these are like people that are. We all re- need to wipe our butts, Connor. These are people that have, like, you know, heard on the peripheries about like preppers and thought I can do that and have just gone and bought a couple of, you know, bags of toilet paper, maybe some like, apparently there was one guy going out the shop the other day. My, my dad was telling me who had like, you know, a pallet, like six bags, like big, big bags, 24 not like, packs. you know, big bags of flour. And he's like, unless you're a bakery, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you preparing for? Like, and, and it, oh, fuck it. It was just ridiculous. Like just the, the 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 panic that people are going out and buying some of this shit is just this is a very big tangent. But like, you know, having one one guy who probably works for a toilet paper company said it, or oh, they're going to run out of toilet paper when when it hits. They specifically Did said you see the, the Kleenex. Opposite. Did you see the Kleenex uh, Facebook post? Mm-hmm. It's literally this dude in this warehouse with the like tallest um, shelves you've ever seen, like those IKEA shelves, just filled. <laughs> With toilet paper, and it's like, don't worry, everyone. We have like a shitload of this stuff, and we've doubled our um, quantities of uh, manufacturing. God, so, so yeah, very, very interesting. Makes me very sad for humanity when this with this kind of shit happens. 
Well, George, you got your wish. We talked about the coronavirus yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> boy! That's what it's all about. Twice in an episode. Look yeah. at you, George. Look at that. You're really That's making all I it wanted. happen. That's all I wanted. Thanks for checking this episode out, guys. We'd love to hear from you. So as I said, hit us up uh, with your question for next week. And uh, we'll be back. I can't wait. Hopefully, there's a review next week. I, I'm always, I always Thank say to myself, check the schedule so you know what's coming out next week, <laughs> so you can have a little hook at the end. But I don't, and this is the part where I stall. Yeah, if you walk on for looking, at least another, 20 and seconds. he's taking too long. I'm not bothering. Uh, so we've missed the boat there. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Starting into mystery. Connor, uh, just give me two on, seconds. You son on. of a bitch. Have you got it up? Yeah. You got the spreadsheet up. Y- yeah. Okay, it's, so what is, is coming out at the... What are we, what are we doing next? Uh, it's uh, Bloodshot. We're, we're oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah. That is exciting. Oh, <laughs> what a hook. <laughs> Nailed it. That was worth the wait. <laughs> really wasn't. See you next week, Connor. Catch you, buddy. See you, man. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.